Thank you, Ms. Arden. I wish y'all would pray for the Booth brothers. Uh, they uh, uh, made a uh, CD. I know some of y'all probably already heard it. It's, it's a good CD. I listened to it. It's a country CD. And uh, we there's a lot of pious Christians in this world that... Uh, just look for something to gripe about, look for something to complain about, and uh, the if you get a chance, get the CD and just listen to it, because it's just plain out good music. And uh, uh, Little Ronnie, one of them made a, uh, one on this tape, they made a song about family, Love and family. I can't remember the name of it, saved my life right now, but this uh, lady put on uh, Facebook and just blasting them away because they made that song and put out that CD. And so it's, uh, I just wish you'd pray about it and, and God take care of it. Uh, some people just need to keep their mouth shut, you know, and I'm serious because uh, we're, the Bible makes it very plain that we're in the world. we got to live in this world. Amen. I don't see anybody with feathers on them. <laughs> I don't see an angel about us, amen. And uh, it just it tears me up when when Christians criticize openly other Christians on on national. You know, if there's one thing that's done detriment to this country, it's uh, it's that Facebook. And I would suggest to anybody that's on it to get off of it. And, and stay off of it because once you put it on there, you don't get it off. And I don't care what they say. And you and I never have understood this thing. I was I listened to somebody tell her, talk to them the other day, and I said, Why would you even put out there? I had breakfast this morning. I had a certain kind of cereal this morning for breakfast. Who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you doing? Telling the whole world about it. I wore a pink dress this morning. I wear a black pair of shoes. Or Who cares? That's your business. Keep it to yourself. Uh, I'm sorry, but I, I get real upset when I think about Facebook. But uh, anyhow, that has nothing to do with what I was fixing to say, and I don't know why I got started on it, but it sure bothers me greatly. Acts chapter 27, please. Acts chapter 20. Every time I read this chapter in this story, I get goosebumps all over me thinking about what God is teaching us here. And so I'd like to just share it with you tonight if I can. Acts chapter 27, verse 11. Verse 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not commodious, to winter in, the more part advised to depart from thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix, and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete, and lieth toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosened thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called or cried down, and when the ship was caught and 
could not bear up in the wind, we let her drive, and running under a certain island, which is called Creek, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship in fear lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lighted the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackle in the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loose from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them to sail with thee. Wherever served, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you'll encourage us from your word to live daily as we should live before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Taking this story, life is a voyage. Circumstances of life are like the weather. Sometimes life is smooth and sailing. All times life is storm. Often we're caught in that storm and, not, uh, and it's not our fault. That was the case here in Paul's life. He was in this storm, but it was not his fault. And that's what happened to Paul. He was a passenger of the ship. He, he didn't want to sail. And a decision is being made in verse 9 to 11 whether to continue to sail. So they said sail. Then in verse 12 through 14 describes the bad weather they were caught up in. And so in this storm is given five ways you can uh, either sink your ship or, or wreck your life. Verse 9 through 14, here's a compulsive way. Verse 9 says, now when much time was spent, in other words, uh, the Bible says that they uh, were stayed here long enough, uh, let's do something even if it's wrong. A lot of people act out of compulsion. They quit school. Uh, they quit a job. They move from church to church. They just do something without the peace of God and out without the will of God. It's like I told a man here a while back. I said, don't ever quit the job you got until you got a better job to go to. Amen. And that, that is a good rule to live by. Now, all of us get to a place, if you ever work for anybody, you get to the place that you want to just quit and get out from under that person. But you just don't do it. You don't, you don't compulsively do anything. Mr. Hicks, the decision. I, 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 I've tried to live by a motto that a man gave me several years ago, and he said, don't make any sudden decision, wait 24 hours before you make a decision on any major thing in your life. Wait at least 24 hours before you make a major decision because it's always not as bad as you think it is. And that was the case here. And remember this, please. The Holy Spirit always leads you. He does not drive you. 
So never make a decision without first being in prayer, number one. Number two, the consultation way in verse 10. Look at verse 10 with me. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Now, in verse 11, Nevertheless, the censured believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Paul is saying, don't go. But on the other side, verse 11, the master and the captain and the owner of the ship wanted to sail on. So the censured consulted the experts and made his decision on their advice, which was contrary to the word of God in verse 11. Now, experts are wonderful, amen? But if they can, are contrary to the word of God, they then just don't go there. Now, I take advice from people, and I, I have people that, that I speak to quite often about making decisions in my life, but I'm not going to go to somebody and ask them to help me make a decision. They don't know what they're talking about. And so I call those kind of people experts in the business that they're in. And so if you want to go to an expert and ask them to something, uh, consult you in it, that's good. But you better not ever go against the Word of God. And I don't care who they are. They can be the best known in their division that they're working in in life. They can be experts in their word and the way that they live and the things that they do in this life. But, brother, if they give you consultation against the Word of God, don't you go with them. You stay with the Word of God. Thirdly, there's a comfortable way. Look at verse 12. And because the haven was not commodious to enter in, the more part advised the part thence also, if by any means they might attain to Venus and there to winter, which is haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and the northwest. Now, here's a comfortable way. The part they were at, the port that they were at, were not commodious, the Bible says. Now, listen to this. It's the easy way is always the wrong way. It's always the wrong way. The devil always says, take the easy way. Uh, don't do anything that will cause you to restrain or discipline. Uh, that's hard. Don't do it. Now, remember this. When you make decisions in life based on comfort, before long you become uncomfortable. And that's a good rule to live by. The third, the fourth way is found in verse 12 also, because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised the part thence. That's a consensus way. Now, notice the centurion had already consulted with the ship master rather than with the soul master. And the centurion put it in a majority vote, verse 12. Look at verse 12. And because the haven was not commodious to win in, the more part advised. Did you know if you take the, how many was on that boat? It's 272 said, let's go. One said not to go. Only one. Did you know almost always the majority is wrong? Listen to me now. The majority of church members don't even attend church union services and Wednesday services. I was at Temple Isle Baptist Church years ago and I never will forget it. The pastor was going to make a major decision 
on something that I can't even remember what it was all about. But I remember he was going to make a major decision. He called for a church vote on that decision on that Sunday night. And that Sunday night, the auditorium was filled. I mean, packed out. Never was before. Every Sunday night, you could, you could sit anywhere you wanted to in there and not bothered anybody. But on that Sunday night, because he was going to make a vote on something, uh, the, everybody came back. And the thing that you got to understand, the majority is not always right. What I've learned, brother, I'd rather have uh, to, to God's way than all the majority of people that's there. We're not to settle for majority opinion. We're to consult the mind, the word, and the will of God. That comes first. And if a majority is against that, then you go with God. And it's just that simple. Then there's a circumstantial way. Look at verse 13. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, loosened since they sailed close by Crete. <clears throat> Notice now, up to here, they had made up their minds to sail by compulsion, by consultation, by comfort, and by consensus. Now comes the icing on the cake. They're certain now we ought to sail. There's a soft south wind blowing. In other words, circumstances now are just right. So many people make life-changing decisions on circumstances rather than God's will for their lives and end up in a tornado of life. For instance, I've told you this many times, but there used to be a man that served the Lord here at this church, taught Sunday school, drove a Sunday school bus. One Sunday morning he came in to me, or one day he called me and told me to talk with him. He said, I made a decision I'm going to move to Brooksville. And he said, I, I, I got a good job waiting on me up there. I got a good position, good pay, and everything up in Brooksville. And he said, I, I'm going to move up there. And I said, I want to ask you something. Where are you going to go to church? He hadn't even thought about going to church. I said, where are you going to drive a Sunday school bus out next Sunday? Where are you going to teach? Where are you going to sing in the choir next Sunday morning? He hadn't even thought about all that. And to this day, that man not serving the Lord. I want to ask you something. Circumstances just right for him in his life there. I mean, as far as humanly speaking, he had a better job. He had better pay. He had better everything waiting for him. But never, if it's against you serving the Lord, is it right to do. Circumstances don't, is not always right. Listen now. Thank God he takes care of his own, though. That's like this. I want you to read verse 22 now. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel whose son, who, who I am, and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought before Caesar, and, lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Did you ever notice verse 24 says, Paul, God had already told Paul, said, you must appear before Caesar. Well, wait a minute. Paul can't die then. Amen? If God made him a promise that he had to go to Rome, uh, he had to go to Rome. And he could not die. And I believe this with all my soul. There is absolutely nothing 
can happen to you that God doesn't allow to happen to you if you're in the will of God. If you're in the will of God and serve the Lord, no matter what it is in your life, as nothing can happen to you unless God allowed it to happen to you, and God will still preserve you through it all. Lastly, God's God brought them through the storm. Verse 24, again, saying, Fear not. Now I want you to watch this. God had a will for Paul. He had a witness before Caesar in Rome. He could not die. And I believe... Paul rested in the word of God he had received from the storm. Acts 23, verse 11. And the night falling, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. I thank God where man rules, God overrules. Amen. Notice something very special here. Paul couldn't have died even if he had to or wanted to because God had already told him, you're going to buoy outright through the storm. And he had to testify at Jerusalem. And you know what that tells me? That tells me, like somebody asked me the other day, they said, Preacher, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? I said, I'm not going to retire. As long as I can preach, as long as I can talk, as long as I can have my facilities that I have thinking right and doing right, I'm going to keep right on preaching and serving the Lord. You know why? Because the Bible says that that's God's will for me, and I believe that with all my heart. And if I get out of that, what am I going to do now? See, I'd rather have God with me than being out of God's will. And the Bible says, Paul, you must testify before me. That means nothing can happen to you then until God gets through you testifying for him. Now, when God gets through you, buddy, you're in trouble. Amen? And I don't want to be God be through with me. I want to keep on going just as long as I can and serve the Lord just as long as I can because then I know i got God's protection and he'll take care of me. And if we could ever learn that one thing out of this story, it would be a wonderful thing to learn. Stay in God's will. Test. Keep on testifying for the Lord. Keep on witness from the Lord. And then God protects you. He puts his arm around you. There's nothing God can happen to you unless God allows it. And then God's in a storm with you. Amen. Stand with me, would you please? Heavenly Father, help us to rejoice in the fact that you protect us and go with us 